Support for MPB comes from the Mississippi Museum of Art in Jackson. What Became of Dr. Smith by artist Noah Satterstrom is on view now through September 22, 2024. Learn more at msmuseumart.org. This podcast is a local production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting and depends on the support of listeners like you. If you can, please donate today at mpbonline.org. And thanks. Welcome to the Mississippi Arts Hour on MPB Think Radio, where each week we talk with creative Mississippians. I'm your host, Leslie Barker, Arts-Based Community Development Director at the Mississippi Arts Commission. And today I'm talking with Allie Grant. Allie is a film and television actor. You, you might know her as Isabel Hodes on Weeds or Lisa Shea on Suburgatory. And she also just happens to be a Mississippi native. So welcome, Allie. Oh, thank you so much. This is such a thrill and honor, truly. I am a, I am a lifelong listener and admirer and lover of MPB. And the Mississippi Arts Commission has been an institution of, of hope and inspiration um, for, for me and, you know, countless others throughout throughout the state. So I I truly feel privileged to, to have this opportunity. Thank you. And I'm so happy to be here with you. We're, we're just so happy to have you. I'm, I'm so happy. This just this is our first time to meet in person. Yeah, we've been, I we've know. been collaborating for a little while, but had, haven't been able to meet in person. So I'm very excited to to be doing a face to face interview oh, in these times. I, that's the truth. So we're going to start, we're going to go way back to the beginning. Oh, boy. And tell us where you grew up. Where, <laughs> where in Mississippi were you born? Where did it all start? Oh, boy. So like the, the David Copperfield version of the yeah, I was born. Yes, okay. Exactly. <laughs> um, well, uh, during, a, during a frigid at the time, uh, historical, not anymore, we broke the record, but at the time of a historical ice storm um, in northeast Mississippi, mm-hmm. Um, in February, uh, I was born in Tupelo, and um, I lived there for um, for the first ten years of my life, and um, and then a- around that time, um, my mom and I we moved to moved to Los Angeles. Um, but it was um, growing up in Mississippi. I often refer to Mississippi as my as my phantom limb. It's um, <laughs> I'm a, I'm a seventh generation Mississippian. Um, oh, wow. So I I'm I'm I wouldn't want to be from any other place on the planet. I feel so um, so honored to to have the the muddy waters of of the mother Mississippi um, through my veins and through my family and I, I feel it in every sense and it mm-hmm. um, and it informs not just the way I, I see the world um, but hopefully the way I kind of make my way through it um, which is to say you know um, a bit peripatetic and a bit <laughs> meandering and winding with lots of swirls and eddies and um, you know cascading uh, free-flowing adventures and um, uh, but yeah my my entire family um, is here is is from here um, I, uh, I I I feel like Mississippi and I are 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 one in many in many respects. Um, so growing up here, I was uh, I was so so blessed and am so blessed um, to have just been surrounded by 
remarkable community of educators mm -hmm. um, and, uh, you know, starting at Church Street Elementary School um, in Tupelo. Um, my, all, I mean, every teacher that I had from, you know, from kindergarten to third grade there, they were um, absolutely <laughs> instrumental in, uh, in, every, in every aspect of, of, you know, cultivating and, and flourishing a, a human being, which is what our teachers do. Mm -hmm. um, but they also, you know, of course, as, as, you know, everyone does, you know, tell children, believe in yourself and believe in dreams and all those kinds of things. I, the, the difference is, um, I knew they meant it. Mm -hmm. um, they, they were, and because, because, you know, they, their their love was was proven in their actions. They were so supportive of of everything that I ever dreamed up or thought about dreaming up. And um, you know, so I feel like you know I've been I've been an actor since I was I was an embryo. Like I just kind of <laughs> just kind of came into this world with this love and with this mission mm -hmm. and with this feeling and with this desire and need um, uh, to to find some medium of, of expression to make sense of what was happening in, internally. And, um, and so externally, I was just, by the grace of God, just surrounded by just a community of angels. Um, and so, yeah, Mississippi, it, uh, you know, it's my, my favorite, it's probably this is probably a bit of an uncouth thing to say, um, being in the land of the, being from the land of the greatest writers in the world. But actually, my favorite book is um, it's not written by a Mississippi <laughs> author, but uh, Thomas Wolfe. You know, he's, mm -hmm. he's in North Carolina, um, but uh, but the book you can't go home again. Um, and I and I I think about that often, and uh, especially when it comes to Mississippi, and now being back home after um, you know with with the pandemic. And it is true, you can't go home again because home is a place mm. that you could never leave. And uh, mm. so my, my heart's always, always here. So well, so you, you started here yeah. in Tupelo and now you're back. You came back during the pandemic. I did. And you left pretty young. So I did. What, what led to that? What, what led you out of Mississippi initially? I, I've, just, I've just always had a like, both a yearning and a churning like mm. in my gut like in my being to find some means to tell stories share mm. stories listen to stories and i think mississippi you know is it is it's just like it's just the perfect um you know breeding ground for for listening to stories and the only way for um, for me to make sense of it was to was to share it with others. But you know that's the thing about our state that always just moves me is that um, you know we're always the last ones to to recognize you know the the greatness that that surrounds us you know it, you know environmentally artistically you know what have you. Um, and so I just I just felt this great calling and desire and need um, to go you know out into the world if you will and um and tell and 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 tell stories and tell people about um about you know a, a life that i've you know that we that we all experience um and in many ways kind of take for granted because um, mm. we we have a very we have a very special culture here um i i 
took a lot of begging and pleading and bargaining with my mother. Um, and but my mom, my mom knew, and you know, my my mom is um, having her as as my mother is uh, is the greatest honor and blessing of my life. Not only is she the best mother and my best friend, separate and apart from both of those things, she's also the best person that I know. And um, so even though I was, you know, two and three and four and five and six and seven years old and, you know, all throughout my life, you know, and I would, you know, speak to her about my dreams. And of course, she knew it too. I was not, I was not shy about it. Um, she was never minimizing and she was never belittling. And she, she believed in, in these dreams as a, as a purpose. And mm-hmm. so she, um, she said, well, we'll do it. We'll do it. We can at least try Allie. And so, uh, Mom and I, we we loaded up and uh, we drove to Los Angeles and um, we were very fortunate. We had made some contacts along the way, um, like in Nashville and in Dallas, with you know you know local agents there who said, "If you go, these are some some folks you might want to reach out to." And so we did, and um, they met with us and. Yeah, we signed a six months lease um, for a for an apartment in North Hollywood, and it was four hundred square feet with one sink. Oh wow! Yeah, six months, and I slept on an air mattress with a hole in it. And um, and my mom said, "Allie, we can we can leave any time." I you know I don't really know that I if I can do this. Um, I don't know why you want to do this. I said, "Just please, let's please stay, please stay." And uh, and we lived there for for twelve years. So um, you're you're about ten years old, is that I was right? Ten, yeah. You're ten years old. You and your mom load up. You move to L.A. Yeah. and you just like dive into auditioning. I mean, yeah, pretty much. I know. I know that sounds like, again, so insane, but I maybe it was. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, pretty much. You know, we like I said, um, we we had kind of you know formed a, a coalition, if you will, of, of just people like throughout, you know, being in workshops and, and, you know, anything and everything that, you know, I could, I could be involved in with the performing arts, you know, in statewide and all, you know, nationally, um, we did. And so through that, we had met, you know, agents and managers who, mm. who were gracious and kind enough to say, you know, if you come, give us a call. And so we did. And, and then we, we, you know, signed with them and then we started auditioning and, um, and I was there for, you know, two weeks that summer of 2004. Oh, boy. Um, <laughs> aging myself. At that time, you know, HBO had really taken off, but there um, there wasn't a whole lot of, um, of scripted content that was on Showtime yet. Um, mm. It was still burgeoning and, and finding its footing of what it wanted to be and what it wanted to say. And so um, I auditioned for this, like, I believe it was actually billed as a possible, possible reoccurring co-star um, role, which is to say, like, you have one line in this episode, and we might bring you back for two lines um, for the pilot of Weeds. And um, and I actually had two lines, and then they did bring me back later, and I had three. So that was very, <laughs> very exciting. And uh, so, yeah, and I walked in, and honest to God, all I had on my resume was that I had been in um, I had been in plays at Church Street Elementary Theater, and that I had landed the coveted role of Mary in the church play of the Nativity Story, and um, that was it. And and I I I got this part, and um, and it I ended up 
the show got picked up and I ended up you know spending the next six years of my life growing up and and working on uh, in, 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 in that world and with those people and it um, yeah it changed my life Wow what was that experience like as a were, were you 10 when you started the show uh-huh what was that like you know being part of this brand new show uh, with with all of these pretty seasoned actors <laughs> yeah yeah you know um, I, I wish I wish I could articulate it um, but the closest that I I'm afraid I can get is that it was really just um, it was really just magical. It was mm. like, um, still and yet, it was also very, um, I, f- I felt so at home. Mm. Um, they were, they, they were so, um, they were so kind to me. And, um, you know, every, everyone, you know, in, and, I, and I'm really, really fortunate that, uh, you know, every experience that I've, I've had um, in my career has um, you know been able to, or you know, or people around me have have really um, cultivated a, a feeling and a sense of, of kinship and of family. I really felt yeah. that um, growing up. So it was like it was it was magical, and I was always in awe. And but I was always it was one of those things. that's like I was so I was. It was I was in such a state of, of bliss and inspiration and of like belonging that I really um, I really I really can't give any sort of like real word articulation to it because it was just um, it just felt so right it just it just felt so right and it was just um, it was beautiful it was beautiful and also I was growing up too you know so I was. Um, so I, you know, I was in school and um, and I was there with my mom and yeah, it was just it was just like like the river herself, you know. It all just um, it all in in all of it in all of the you know wilderness and in all of like the you know of the majesty, it somehow all felt so right and was such a um, such a beautiful experience. So it was like the greatest adventure of my life that didn't feel like an adventure at all because again I was a kid and so it was just like just one day at a time um yeah it was very special this is Leslie Barker thanks for listening to the podcast version of the Mississippi Arts Hour the show airs on MPB Think Radio every Sunday afternoon at five To access all of our past shows, subscribe to the Mississippi Arts Hour podcast using your favorite podcasting app. Hi, I'm Dr. Jimmy Stewart, professor of internal medicine and pediatrics at the University of Mississippi Medical Center. On the original Southern Remedy, we answer questions about all aspects of your health and share some of the latest medical information in the news. You can listen to the show on Wednesdays at 11 on MPB Think Radio, or you can subscribe to the podcast by searching for Southern Remedy on your preferred podcasting app. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. 
You're listening to the Mississippi Arts Hour on MPB Think Radio. I'm Leslie Barker with the Mississippi Arts Commission, and today I'm talking with Allie Grant. Allie is a film and television actor and just all-around theater artist. <laughs> so, so Allie, you were telling us about Weeds being your first. It was your first big show, right? My first job ever. Your first yeah. job ever yep. at 10 years old, mm-hmm. and you did it for six years. Yeah. What did that lead to? What happened after that? Um. Well, it, uh, it, it, it really, it really was, um, you know, it, it really was the, the, the arrow that, that propelled me forward in so many ways. Um, not just, you know, in terms of, of the work itself, but, um, but in, in the people that, um, that I met along the way. So those are all, you know, relationships that I, still very much hold dear and cherish and you know I made some of my best friends in the world um there and you know a lot of like actually a writer um from from weeds I talked to him this morning um (laughs) he we're just you know and, and it's funny he's he's a bit older than I am um not by much and uh and Weeds was his first job. So that's that's the other thing, too, that I think made it um, particularly kind of um, surreal is that, you know, like I said at the time, the network was, like, you know, wanting to – was wanting to find – you know, well, they they had found their voice, but they were really looking to to harness it and to and to make it just as clear cut as possible. Mm. And so, um, so everyone was new. Everyone, mm. it was really just like this, you know, sort of the wild, wild west in the best way. Um, and so, a lot of the writers on on um, on Weeds, it was their it was their first job either in television because a lot of them had playwriting backgrounds, or um, so I so so. In that sense, um, the the theater and and television and film, like all mediums, have always been have always been one to me in a way. There's not been a huge sort of disconnect um, mm. to me for for that reason because all, all of our writers they wrote with that same kind of intention, um, you know, on, in in the first job that I had. So um, so with every job moving forward, I always approach things like you would approach a play because that mm. was how we that was how we did weeds it was how it was written and how it was shot oftentimes um and rehearsals were very key to us um so anyway so it was very much that same kind of you know ecosystem of, of development and creativity and so so a lot of those a lot of those writers it was their first job too mm. working in television and film so we all so I often say like we all grew up together even though we're all at different stages in our life um in in that particular aspect, we did so. With that, it created some some lifelong, very deep bonds. And so um, so moving forward, so I left I left the show when I was sixteen, and or I was fifteen, soon to be sixteen, and um, and I had I had made um, you know just by doing the whole working actor auditioning thing you know I'd I'd, um, made friends with some other casting directors and um, I auditioned for Suburgatory actually at that time one of the writers of Weeds had left and he was working on a network show too and he was saying like you know you, you really should think about network television and I was like well, I'll think about anything if someone <laughs> if someone offered it to me. But you know, you have to you have to audition, and it's um not for the faint at heart. That's for sure. Um, network television. What's that? Yeah. Is is it very different? It is. Oh, it's very different. Very very different. Yeah, and ju- literally in every respect. Um, really? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. In terms of 
the dialogue itself, the approach to dialogue, the revision process, um, shooting schedules. Uh, oh yeah, it's so, so very different. Like like yeah. an ABC versus like a Showtime type. Yes, yeah, it was very different. And so um, so anyway, he said, you know, you might, you might want to think about that. And I thought, well, my God, yeah. And I'd love to win the lottery and I'd love to, you know, look like Jennifer Lopez and a lot of other things <laughs> if given the opportunity. Um, but then the opportunity came. And um, like I said, you know, you, you go through these rounds of just arduous, um, they call it testing for a reason um, because it tests your faith in humanity and everything else oh, wow. um, when you're auditioning for a network show. Well, it's the same now essentially for um I don't know, you can't even call it cable anymore. That doesn't exist. Um, so we all have our streaming we services. We all have our streaming services, yeah. So it, it, before it was like, you know, it was cable and network. But now it's like, you know, network and then everything else. So, um, right. but yeah, so, but when you're auditioning, so I, I, it's essentially the same. The process of auditioning is pretty much the same now. But back in my day, um, they were very different. And so, so when I auditioned for Suburgatory, it was a, like I said, it was a, a series, like truly like a month long of testing where you go in and you read and you, you know, you read for this board and then this panel and then these people and then that people and, you know, all this sort of thing. So, um, so by the time you get the job, it's like you're so exhausted. You don't have, you know, you don't even have any energy um, to be excited, but believe me, we were very excited. <laughs> I'll never, ever, ever forget um, getting that call because it was just a just a difficult time in my um, just in my life generally and just just trying to I mean just being um, you know just just being 16 years old and just being a, a creative person and always trying to I mean you know you and I have talked about this just always trying to feel what you feel and be okay with what you feel and um, it's it's hard and so um, so when this when suburgatory came along and I actually got it and I actually felt like I did something right you know and whatever whatever you know whatever that means um it was just just the most like humbling and um exciting and joyful um joyful thing and so yeah and then I was on that for for three years that show ran and then um and then while I was on suburgatory um because we you know we shared a we shared a network i i was very i was very blessed and fortunate to have the opportunity to connect with some folks at the goldbergs and um and so they 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 wrote a role for me there and so when suburgatory ended it was just um it was just this really lovely you know natural sort of progression um into into my work there but also when suburgatory on the Goldbergs I mean and then but also when suburgatory ended I was 21 and my entire life I've wanted to live in New York City and it was like my window of opportunity and so I went and mm. moved to New York and um lived there up until 2020 um when all of our lives in the world stopped and changed and um stopped again and changed again and uh but you know the world the world never really stops. We all stop, but um, the world keeps right on spinning. So um, we're just not very good at spinning with it, oftentimes. <laughs> so, but um, so yeah, so that so but but suburgatory really gave me that kind of foundation 
um, A, with the Goldbergs, but also it really, um, that was my, you know, sort of going from teen to adulthood. And, and also, it's it, that Suburgatory was the very first job that I had as an adult, so the hours are very different. Mm-hmm. And just, like, the whole process in and of itself is complete, you know, shooting schedule, all of that is, um, you know, there are, it's a, there are no... No glove handling with with any of that sort of thing. It's um you know you're you're in the trenches, and so that really gave me a, a source of um, of strength to draw from, and um, and so I I felt um, I felt ready to move to New York when I did, and um, I lived there for five years, and so when I would shoot you know um, the Goldbergs, I would go back, and then anything else like there was a series that I I did um, on Hulu, which actually. Um, the director of the pilot of Weeds, his name is Brian Danley. He and I have remained very dear friends, and um, he directed this other show that I ended up doing like a couple years ago. So um, the All Night, I've watched that. Oh, you have? <laughs> I, oh have, my gosh. I have. I have. Oh well, thank you. That's so nice. You've um, been very fun character, fun characters in all of these shows. Too, oh, yeah. well, that's well, that's <laughs> so sweet. Thank you. Um, so yeah, so he's he, you know, he and I have worked together many times since Weeds, um, and so. All of which is to say, when I needed to go to LA to work, I did. But I lived in New York, and that was um, that was really, really important um, for me to, to have my my Joan Didion, you know, transition mm-hmm. of the West Coast to the East Coast, and then you know, I'll I'll go back to the West Coast. Um, I'll go back to California this summer, and and hopefully um, start working on some things again. I think I think I hope and pray we're getting in a better spot with COVID. So. So if all goes well, and you know, as I say, if you know, if God willing, and COVID doesn't rise, and the sky doesn't fall, uh, hopefully I'll be back in LA this um, this this summer and, and fall working. Um, but being in Mississippi during during this time, it has been so fortifying mm. and so nourishing, and because um, I haven't lived here day in and day mm. out for an extended period of time. Um, I haven't gotten mail here since I was 10 years old, I guess is the best way to put it. <laughs> and even though when I was, you know, living in L.A., I would be, again, all my family is here, so I'd come back, you know, every summer and for all the holidays and as often as I could, and that was wonderful. Um, but being here, especially during this time, has been, it's been one of the most powerful and profound and healing and transformative experiences of my life and god we are so so blessed to live in mississippi and to be from here we carry a lot of of deep deep history and roots here and there's so much that's calling out to us all the time and if we're ever still long enough um and that's what i do fear with the pandemic is that we're gonna we're gonna lose this stillness we're gonna lose this sacred silence that we all have been um we've all been living in um and you know incubator of protection Mm -hmm. but if we listen long enough she'll tell us she mississippi will she'll she'll tell us you know where to go and what to do and what needs to be told and there's a lot there's a lot here and i think i think i think she's due for a renaissance too i feel a big artistic resurgence happening here it's thrilling like in my bones in my gut i'm I, i feel something something brewing and something beautiful happening here during this time because we all came home really was like a giant homecoming the people like that that stayed you know we all you know we all dug deeper and then the people that left we came back and um think good things are good things are on the on the horizon for 
a Mississippi artist and therefore the country and the world. <laughs> so, yeah. Do you think that Mississippi's going to be home base for a while? You know, I, like I was saying earlier, um, my favorite book being um, Can't Go Home Again because can't go home again because home is a place you never leave. What this um, what this pandemic has given me is, you know, with so much loss and so much grief, um, and I, I do use both of those words in, like, the purest and truest sense because this has been a, a devastating, devastating time for, for so many, and I've certainly felt that too. But the greatest gift of all that it's given me is um, for the first time in my life, I... I have a home here. My mother um, got married in the, in the pandemic. Um, she got married to to my papa Jerry, and mm-hmm. you know we're um, we all have our have our little um, oasis together. And and I know that I could leave today and uh, you know not come back for ten years, which of course would never happen. But I know that I could, and I would I would still I still have a I still have a home here, not a place that you know, relies on any sort of conditions or, you know, isn't transitory that I don't have to keep my suitcase packed up in or anything like that or a place that, you know, doesn't feel safe or doesn't, or I, you know, where I don't feel welcome or anything like that. It's a, I have a place to, to call home now. And I, for that, I will, I will be forever grateful to, to COVID. So yeah, I, it's, I finally, finally have finally have roots we're, we're happy to have you here well, for thank sure you. thank you and go and come and go you know we all need to travel um and i'll go Absolutely. i'll go to la and i'll go to new york when when work calls but we all we all need a we all need a home too so like i said go to la for you know a year two years 10 years whatever go anywhere but just knowing that you can always come back is Leslie Barker. Thanks for listening to the podcast version of the Mississippi Arts Hour. The show airs on MPB Think Radio every Sunday afternoon at 5. To access all of our past shows, subscribe to the Mississippi Arts Hour podcast using your favorite podcasting app. Hello, I'm Dr. Nancy Lotridge-Anderson, president of New Perspectives, a fee-only financial advising firm and co-host of Money Talks. For over 10 years, Money Talks has been answering your personal financial questions and sharing knowledge about money management. Money Talks can be heard Tuesdays at 9 a.m. on MPB Think Radio. Podcasts can be found on our website, money.mpbonline.org, or on your smart device's podcasting platform. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. You're listening to the Mississippi Arts Hour on MPB Think Radio. I'm Leslie Barker from the Mississippi Arts Commission, and I'm talking with actor and Mississippi native Allie Grant. Allie, you've been you've been away from Mississippi. You've been in L.A. You've been in New York since you were 10 years old. You've you've been away. Yeah. The last couple of years have brought you back. And you've actually got some things going on here creatively. Yeah. You so tell know, us about that. Well, um, you know, it's funny because before the pandemic, I i mean, I feel like those are like the words du jour of like ev- of everybody's life, like before the pandemic. Um, but I, I had a project that I was working on that um, is about Mississippi and takes place in Mississippi. Mm. And um, we... We're very fortunate. We had sort of fostered some some goodwill and some interest there. 
getting that off the ground. But I hope and pray um, it's still there, um, you know, now that now that we're sort of entering a, a, a safer spot in the public health and um, and all those sorts of things. So, um, so you know, eventually, um, you know, maybe I hope and pray sometime this year, um, you know, we can we can get a pilot shot here. Um, so that's exciting. And then, um, but but more um, but more immediately um, is that in May. You might know a little something about this. <laughs> might know a little something. I happen to be directing this brilliant play as a part of Theater Oxford's 10-Minute Play Festival, um, written by none other than Leslie Barker You are herself. too kind. It's Thank the you. truth. I'm so excited. And that's, and that's what brought us together. It it's is. how we met and, and became collaborators and friends, which I'm very yes. excited about. Yes. Uh, and and you are very kind. Thank you. <laughs> no, it's the truth. I'm so so thrilled. I don't even I don't even think I told you this, but I'm gonna tell you now. When you know when they announced you know the finalists and they announced the winners and all that, you know there was a, a meeting amongst the directors of you know sort of what are you thinking, what makes what makes sense to you and all that. And so you know what would be your your preferred you know your first choice show. And I had been on the on the review side of things as a panelist you know in the like very you know beginning stages of the festival so um so you're kind of like assigned like you know a group of of plays that you read so i i had only read you know a particular block of plays Mm -hmm. and i hadn't read yours um so i like i said i just read a particular block and you know thought this works and this doesn't and you know so on and so forth by the way so many talented writers in this state it's just unbelievable um yeah, so, and, so for people who aren't familiar with what we're talking yeah. about it's a a 10-minute playwriting competition hosted by one theater of, oxford and it's one of the oldest in the country really yeah i didn't even know that and i've entered it as, yeah as, as we see yeah <laughs> yeah it is one of the oldest playwriting competitions in the country 10 minutes like, 10 minutes like, like 10 short playwrights gotcha. yeah 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 and so I, you know, you're assigned like this block, and I read some, and then when the finalists came in, I, I hadn't read any of the of the of the finalist um, pieces, and so you know when we're having this meeting, you know, go in, see what makes sense, and I, the only one that would open for me was yours. They wow. all were like loading, downloading. I did not know that. Like can't you know can't receive or like data not available and like blah blah blah, and I was like this is. So strange and I read yours and I was like I don't this is it this is this is the this is please please lord let let me let me please have an opportunity to to direct this play and so I um I was I was quick to say when they asked if I had a preference I said yes I do and it's jarring by Leslie Barker please <laughs> please please be so kind and um and they were and I'm just I'm thrilled it's going to be it's going to be great it's a two it's a two person show um and there's a lot of you know negative space in the mm. in the piece it's going to be at the powerhouse in Oxford and so that space in and of itself is is very interesting because it's so it's so kind of utilitarian mm. that you can it can really be transformed into 
anything, anywhere, at any time. I, I'm just, I'm just, and it was supposed, we were supposed to do it in February, then it got postponed to COVID, but um, I'm just so excited to, to get with these two great actors, and uh, I'm just so excited to get in this space and get into your your words and your piece and dive into your world that you've so beautifully and thoughtfully illustrated it's really i just i just feel so privileged i'm so excited well i'm just i'm just thrilled that that technology for those other plays didn't work for a minute you, oh, no, no, you get it. no awesome. no no it was just um no it's i mean it's just really it's so it's so like indicative of just like the divine purpose that that it all you know well that every Thing ultimately serves but um but this in particular it was like there was just there really was just no other no other play I would ever it just it, it, it's just it's just a dream come true really truly it's just um I can't I can't imagine a better I can't imagine a better piece or a better collaborator it's um, well I'm I'm thrilled that it worked out this way yeah. <laughs> and that it, it brought us to meet each other and I'm interested to hear your perspective of taking off your actor hat and putting on your director hat and the differences for that in that for you oh well you know I I I've, I love directing you know as an actor it's like you're so you're so invested in your story and in the other actor's story you're really just invested in like you know the person to person you know mm-hmm. transmission of energy but as a director, what's so exciting for me is being able to actually create a world of really being able to, you know, infuse things of like scent and touch and really building things from from the ground up. You know, I'm very tactile in that way. Mm. Um, you know, I, 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 I'm a sort of sensory centric person inherently but as a director being able to incorporate that into into the entire space and make the um and also it's like as an actor there's only so there's only so much you Mm. can you can do in a sense and so you have you have less of a um you have less of a responsibility in a sense you you have less of a responsibility to get it right because you're really just getting it Honestly, it, 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 as an actor, that's interesting. Yeah. you know, so as an actor, it's like, yeah, you just you just have to be honest. Like you just have mm-hmm. to like just um, you just tell the truth, and and the truth is as you know it, and um, and the other actor mm-hmm. is giving you their truth. So mm-hmm. it's a it's an exchange of, of those two sort of. It's as an actor, you're you're col- you're you're colliding with other worlds, and as a director. You're trying to find, you know, you're trying to define the whole universe in which all of these planets spin together, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So it's like it's about getting it is about getting it right. It is about mm-hmm. capturing it in a way that not only makes sense for the actors, but for the audience. Mm-hmm. And it's going to make sense to the sound designer and the lighting designer. And so it, it is more about the precision of it in acting. It's a you get it right when you don't know it. You know, that's it's the spontaneity of it. So, yeah, I guess in that, I mean, I guess to put it in more of an allegorical sense, acting is like jazz and directing is, it's, it's classical. It's, it's classical piano. Mm. You know, it's like that's, this is the sheet music. You, and there, there are certain notes that you have to hit at a certain point or it doesn't work. Mm. Um, so that will be, I'm, I'm just, I'm thrilled. I'm very, very excited. And also just 
you know, being being a creative person doing a creative project again <laughs> that we've all been robbed of, you yes. know, for so for yes. two years. It's it's such a nourishing and like wholesome experience um you know and i think too being in the field like theater where it is so dependent on people being together together yeah it's it is, it is very hard it's like we've all been missing a major part of ourselves totally as, as theater artists and performing artists yeah yeah. Or ensemble based. Yeah. Work. Well, and that, and with that too, in the theater, it's like you miss you miss that community because mm-hmm. the magic. Not only, and that's not just like like you said, not just with like an audience, but like we are together as a cast, right. as a director. Like right. we're in rehearsals day in and day out. So you miss. So you know. So the audience experience is a component completely separate and apart from exactly. You know. So it's um. So yeah, it's it's just a it's just a really it's a really like faith affirming experience to to be able to to be back doing um, what we're called to do for the people that we love and with the people that we love and and hopefully you know somewhere along the way and if we're lucky everywhere along the way just just giving giving back the light and the hope and the love and you know the pieces of heaven that have been given to us along the way and just just try to bridge that gap between heaven and earth a little bit by Mm. taking folks um put putting folks in in their seats in the theater and and taking them out of their heads and we don't we all need that right now yeah yeah god yes it's the truth (laughs) it's the truth that's something that you and i have also talked a lot about is you know i think the the pandemic has been you know brutal but it's but it has been a a very crucial not just reminder but wake up siren to how critical mental health is yeah um to you know to for everyone and especially for artists um you know when this is your when this is your medium this is your you know this is your safe space this is your this is your resource to exhale Mm. and you don't have it it's yeah we it's it's a it's a the the mental health crisis in in our country and in our state and just within our own community it's um it's a it's a pandemic in and of itself and so my hope and my prayer you know my grandfather um who I'm named after um his name's Alan Eugene he had a plaque that he painted and that he wrote on himself um after he had gone through an extended period of, of difficulties in his life and he wrote god thank you for letting me live and laugh again but oh lord don't let me forget that i cried and i keep it with me everywhere (laughs) and um i really and i I, if my greatest hope and prayer in in all of this throughout the pandemic and for the rest of my life as long as i'm living and breathing is just thank you lord for letting me put my feet on the ground this morning and waking up and to be able to live and really live and to laugh but don't ever let me forget that I cried that we all cried and we'll you know we'll probably cry again but we know now um if we didn't know it before we know now um and it's particularly important um with us doing this interview during the Lenten season it's okay to grieve and it's okay to mourn and it's okay to feel all that you feel because um 
Sunday's coming, and we always have that light to look forward to. So, so that's you know, I, I think, like I said, I think, I think we we got some got some good stuff coming to our to our state and uh, to our artistic community, and uh, I'm just I'm just so blessed and grateful to be part of it. Thanks for listening to this MPB Think Radio podcast. MPB depends on support from listeners, so if you can. Please contribute today at mpbonline.org. Join us each week for Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio. We have an IT expert, a computer repair ace, and we troubleshoot your problems on the phones as well. Everyday Tech, Wednesdays at 10 on MPB Think Radio. Download the podcast now or listen on YouTube on the MPB Think Radio channel.